All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Thursday, January 27th, and this is episode 143 of the podcast. If you like what you're listening to, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Well, I mean, I guess you're technically already checking us out on said platforms. So maybe give us a five-star rating and review. That would be nice. If not, I really don't care. So we are talking Book of Boba Fett today. Um absolutely electric episode this week a lot to get into um and to do all that i will be joined by my good friend peter gonzalez peter how are you i'm doing great i'm doing great i mean i do care if they give us a five-star review i do too i just so you know first do it for me if you can't if you're not gonna do it for anyone do it for me do it for you guys do it for peter give us a five-star review and you know Uh, i'm very excited to talk some star wars absolutely electric episode so I'm going to start it with this question, Peter. The season premiere of uh, season three of The Mandalorian was awesome. <laughs> what? What a sh- that, wow! What a season premiere. I mean, there's. I mean, it's so it's it's literally like epilogue, prologue, premiere. What do we have here? Because my phone scale was like. I never looked at my phone. I was like, oh, was what am I watching here? And it's funny because I, and it's to bring us to preface, when I, when I messaged you yesterday, um, I, you understood exactly what I was saying without me. Cause I told him no disrespect to Dave Filoni, like major props to the dude. But like I said, cowboy hat dude. And he knew exactly where I knew who I was talking about, what I was wavelength I was on. But that episode, I mean, it, it, there's so much to get into. <sighs> into not only this episode but this season and also the writing is on the wall peter we are the feloni verse we're going to talk about the man in the cowboy hat he is building his version of the mcu i feel it and i see it um so we're going to get into all that today um the first thing we should talk about is like we made the joke about how this is season three episode one of mandalorian it is wild that the fifth episode of a series called The Book of Boba Fett didn't have him in it at all, and they just went full Mando. Again, not complaining. By far best episode. I'm a giant Mando guy. But that is certainly an interesting route that they have taken, which lends credence to the idea, Peter, that this is like kind of Bo- Book of Boba Fett in a way is a season two and a half of The Mandalorian where they'll for the next couple episodes, I guess we'll get an explanation on what what's going on in Mando's life and what to expect in season three. Um, do you have, I know you loved it, but did you have any problems like from like, a, I guess like a storytelling perspective of how they've done this series with not having Boba even in this episode? So I think that that's a great question because obviously throughout the series thus far i've had issues with the flashbacks and the present and the different timelines. it's been very kind of Mm -hmm. distracting and just but i mean obviously from the start even the tone the colors are the more the blue blue gray tones that we're used to seeing with mando as opposed to you know the more muted tans and stuff that we get with boba but to just be thrown right into it and just i think story-wise it works because we organically get to where we need to be for him to join up with Boba mm-hmm. in a way that works. It doesn't feel like, oh, we're calling you in because we need your help. It doesn't, it works. It's just, it's like a natural progression of a story, I feel like. But at the same time, you have, when you have your, it's like as if 
I don't know, like if I guess Yelena had taken the entire show from Hawkeye in, in one episode or something, like to, to have another character come in and basically do in yeah. one episode better than for it. It's a weird to it. It's a weird dynamic because yes, the beginning of the season, while I think episode two was really good though, Boba had been very slow. And the violence, for lack of a better word, that people wanted from Boba um, that we saw in Mando season two, we weren't really getting that. I mean, he's taking his helmet off and stuff. He's like becoming a daimyo, which is like a leader. So he's like kind of like taking a step back. So super fucking cool to see Boba come in and just start wrecking shit. So let's talk about Mando come in or Mando come in. Sorry. Let's talk about what actually happened, like a quick little recap of this episode. So. We have Mando. He's going to do exactly what he did in the first episode of season one, where he tells he's getting collecting a bounty on a guy. And he basically says, like, I can bring you in cold or I can bring you in warm. He ends up taking out all these dudes with his dark saber. He accidentally hits himself with his own dark saber. So we start to uh, understand the dynamic uh, that the dark saber is going to play in because it's not just easy to wield. Which I, I'm glad they finally did this because I feel like in Star Wars, people just pick up lightsabers and all of a sudden are like ninjas but there is a build up here and i like how we're gonna go with that um we get interaction with the what's her name the like the queen not the mandalorian queen but like she's the who is the head mandalorian the head mandalorian cultist person we get her they melt down the beskar spear that ahsoka tana gave mando and we're going to make it into some chain link armor for our boy, baby Grogu. Um, so we'll get to that. But I just rambled a lot. Peter, what is your idea slash take on the whole like cultist vibe of the leader of Mando and how basically like they lived on this moon and because they don't remove their helmets, that's why they survived and all this lore into the dark saber of how you need to earn it. And it's like a curse. Are we buying any of this bullshit? Before I make that note, I just want to touch on real quick, the opening sequence that you described so well. I just think it was, it just showed how different the Mando's show is to Boba Fett's because you have Mando who comes in like this badass Clint Eastwood in a Western type of vibes. But at the same time you have where, like you said, he hurt himself. So you still have that, clumsiness that we're used to with Mando Mm -hmm. but going now to this whole cultist vibe I think if you look at Star Wars as a general whole there is so much of Star Wars that bleeds into like mythology and religion and all of those vibes are intertwined into the DNA of Star Wars so I think it is very much that is their their life they're like you know we don't take off our helmets this is what Mm -hmm. we do you got it like even when she said told them well wait till you bring up that point but there is a point which further alludes to this is their way of life. It's not just this is yeah. the way. Like, let, it let, really is. Let's go to that. So basically, he gets challenged by the pre-Vizsla guy or whatever, who is the ancestor of the Jedi Mandalorian, the original one. Um, and he ends up beating him, not because of his skill with the Darksaber, because he kind of, like the other dude, couldn't use it. But, um, but after that, what happens is that she asks them both, have you ever taken off your helmet? Uh the one dude says no. Mando obviously has, so I, he can't lie. He's a, he's a truth teller, I guess. And so she basically says, like, oh, you have to go to these springs in Mandalore to be cleansed, like some Avengers Ultron Thor shit. And um, I, here's my question. 
So he can't be the leader of Mandalore. He's not true Mandalorian because he took his helmet off, according to her, right? Correct. Well, do you think other Mandalorians like Bo-Katan or like that we've met in uh, Mando season two, and there's definitely others out there, I don't think they give a shit if he's taking his helmet off. Like, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, you can't be the leader. You took your helmet off. They take their helmets off all the time. So how big is this cult? How much reach do they have? Is it just because they make it seem small? But well, in a sense, though, it's like which which group does he want to lead? Does he want to be like the OG Mandalorians that you know follow their rites and rituals to the T, or is he more of this new sect? Like she talked about, like Bo-Katan that did their own thing, which is why she couldn't you know basically wield the dark saber. But again, this is a perfect. As I was saying earlier, this is a perfect example of the whole religion type vibes into this too, like having to go get purified in water, like. Yeah, such a, that's a good point. In order to rebirth, in order to be worthy of being the, the whole head of Mandalorian. Manda, 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 Mandalore. Thank you. Words are hard this morning. Yeah. Um. So let's go to the next question, which is, I think, the best part of this episode. There is still an attachment. Like what? Before I get into that, Peter, how much time do we think has passed between... Where we catch up with Mando now in the end of season two of Mando, like what a month, a couple weeks, right? That's not I, think, what we're I would say no more than a couple months, but definitely more than a couple weeks. Okay, so he still he like misses Grogu. He wants to see Grogu. He cares for Grogu. He wants to give him the Beskar chain link uh, armor so Grogu can be protected. And then we get this kind of clashing of ideas where the bad woman leader of Mando. I don't even know what I'm going to fucking call her. You guys know who I'm talking about. She basically says, like, Jedi are supposed to, like, not have any attachments or relationships and stuff, so he's not going to want to see you, blah, 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 blah. And um, Mando's like, well, that's the opposite of the, the loyalty and honor and love of the Mandalorian code. And so I say all this to bring up, Peter, that we're going to see Grogu in this show. And not only that, we're going to see Luke Skywalker, probably next episode, one that Dave Filoni is directing and writing. Is Grogu going to leave Luke to join Mando? Because Mando is kind of slowly poking holes. They're poking holes in what the Jedis do. I mean, they've been doing this in Star Wars for a while, but is Grogu coming home? Or is this just going to be a one-off hello, hello? I think it's a so. It's interesting because this episode I think functions a lot of ways for for the Star Wars Filoni verse yep. in a whole because it's showing in a way how Boba Fett will may not be the most specifically integral part of the major storylines. It may not be super mm -hmm. important like to the overall phase of Star Wars, but there's still world building to happen. But I think if you have Luke and if you have Grogu show up in a way that's n more than a cameo or more than a tease to what's happening in Mandalorian 3, I think it will discredit this show more and take away from what this show is supposed to be. You yeah, I see that saying? point. I see Because exactly I feel like if Han saying. shows up, that's still this world. If I think PR we're getting shows Luke up, and that's Han. this world. I think we're getting both. I, it's that's a tough one because I feel like I it, think, it 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 oh, reduces him even more. 
Yeah, and I just don't frankly care anymore about Boba. It's like, let's just get crazy with it. Here's my idea of what could happen. I don't know if he's going to be able to take Grogu. I could see it going either way. I could see him giving Grogu the thing or not even getting face-to-face with Grogu and giving it to Luke or something to give to Grogu because he doesn't want Grogu to see him. Or I could see Grogu going with him and then like, starting a new Mandalorian like, but does it happen now, or does it wait till season three? That, that's a good point. That is a good point. So regardless of that, though, I think it's pretty clear to me we're going to see Luke and Grogu in the next episode. And where I think we could possibly see Han, Han is, is he going to be, like, maybe dropping off his son or there with Ben Solo, a young Ben Solo? Because, I mean, I know he's a lot younger uh, than he was in the, those movies at this point, but... I think that could be the avenue that they bring it in. And Grogu could be Luke's first failure before Ben Solo, theoretically. That's an interesting that's an interesting take because I think the way they're setting up the whole Grogu Mando connection, it is very reminiscent of the forbidden Star Wars you can't care for people connection. Yeah. So there are there's a lot more it's more connected to the universe than originally Boba Fett led on to be. Is Mando force sensitive? I got that vibe when he was fighting in the at the beginning with the dark saber, and he was kind of like aware of certain things. And I mean, in the Ahsoka they... episode where she tells him to like open his mind, and it's clear that him and Grogu have some sort of connection. I think they're going to bring it back to. Like, I think Grogu, yeah, I think Grogu and Mando are force sensitive and they are going to be Jedi Mandalorians. <laughs> Holy shit. That I mean, awesome. I'm here for it. For, I think that'd be that'd be sick. I mean, why not? Let's go. Let's. Why doesn't Grogu get a full Beskar armor? Like, why does he just get chainmail? Can we get this dude a helmet? Like, I think that would hide the face. Though. The I don't know. He could have like a little thing he pulls up and his ears could stick out. I, I would like that very much. Um. Okay. 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 There's the Luke and Grogu talk. Let's now, let's bring it back in here to the Book of Boba Fett solely. Mando gets to Tatooine, gets a a sweet, sweet ship, uh, one that is from the prequel era, a, like, Naboo starfighter, something like that. That Um, felt so rad to see. Like, it took me back to my childhood. I was like, I remember the excitement that was seeing that when they're in Naboo and they're and Anakin gets in the ship like oh and the route he goes on with the ship is like the same one from the pod race in Phantom Menace which is very cool it's also I should mention that this the he gets the ship from the woman who we saw in Mando season one and two Pally what's her name Pally Pally okay and she's funny she talks about how she dated a Jawa which is kind of interesting and weird (laughs) don't need to get into that um but the purpose of all this is he gets the cool new ship and he goes and tests it out. We see um, him get kind of pulled over by uh, like rebel or like re- rebel Republic. starfighter, Republic starfighters. Yeah, it's the same dude we always see. Um, and, and fun fact, the other one. So there's that one dude, the Asian dude who we see like every single time. Right. Kind of looks like Bill Loving. Uh, uh, oh, my God, that's so accurate. It's kind of it freaks me out. The other dude, the younger dude, that was the dude who they did the motion cap on his face for Luke Skywalker. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. And um, we get to see just like how badass this new ship is. So that's very exciting. And then what we all expected, Fennec Shan recruits Boba to join 
uh, or recruits Mando to join Boba, offers him money. Mando's like, no, you don't need to pay me. I'll do this, but I just have to do one thing first, which means he's going to go to Grogu and give him the Beskar chain armor, which is what I think we'll get next episode. So that's exciting as fuck. <laughs> do we just go? Is episode six just Mando two, and then we see Boba at the end? Like, how do you see this playing out? I know I've put out some theories of how I could see it going. This is all leading to a battle with the Pikes, though. We haven't mentioned that. That is what the conflict is. What? How do you see this playing out? I mean, I think that this show, what this episode did so well, it showed us how much more interesting the characters around Mando are versus necessarily the side characters in Boba. I mean. Because that whole sequence where they're rebuilding the spaceship shouldn't... It's just like something we've seen a hundred times in many different series and movies. But it was like, yeah. it worked. It was interesting. It was engaging. So to see this potential... I want to see, maybe even if it's, you know, half of the next episode, is Mando going to look for Grogu to do to give him the, the situation. And even they come help defeat the Pikes. Mm-hmm. But again, if, if, if Boba's going to need all this help to defeat the Pikes... How he's just not, yeah, as impactful of a person to take people out. Like if he has to go get his a squad, his Avengers basically to come help him, mm-hmm. and again weakens. It's a, like if Hawkeye had needed to go get. I mean, Hawkeye got the Larpers and stuff, but it's like if had he gone and got Cap and Bucky and you know to come yeah. help him, it's like it, Bo- it ruins that for me. I feel like Boba's treating the Pikes like they're Thanos. It's like, dude, you could probably take them on on your own. This is fucking like uh, Jebediah, Obadiah Stane in Iron Man 1 type vibes. Um, yeah, I, I think um, one thing that is just so overwhelmingly evident in watching this, and I've enjoyed this show. You mentioned the ship scene, something we've seen so many times, but we still enjoy it. Mando is just, we care so much more about Mando, and he's just so much cooler and he kind of like shouldn't be the case. Cucked you know? Boba like... Fett. Like he he yeah. like kind of stole Boba Fett's thing. Like before they bring Boba back, like ever, there's this like the before uh, Mando season one, there was this like we the way we thought of Boba Fett is like oh my god he's such a fucking badass. Yes he dies in a weird way, but right like Boba's gnarly. That's what we think. And then what they do is they introduce. Mando and we're like oh my god this is just like a this is basically everything we wanted with Boba Fett this is fucking sweet and we get attached to him and now they're bringing out Boba Fett and it's like yeah we already got the new toy I have the PS5 now I don't care about the PS4 you know what I mean no that's that's a that's a great analogy to put it into into terms for people to get because it yeah he should have been the cooler show he should have been you know you would have had all this but it's like when we just keep going back to it, this is the best. And even if you look online, the reaction across the board is this is the best episode of Boba Boba Fett, even though it's literally not necessarily an episode of Boba Boba Fett. It, it's literally function as uh, Mando. a check in on Mando. Yeah. So um, I saw this comparison online. Have you ever watched Friends, the show? Have I, I, of course. Okay, okay. I have watched it? it. I've never, like, binged it, though. I've watched the show. I understand. Okay. But I saw this comparison where it was like, so Joey gets his own show, apparently, right? Doesn't he? Right. He gets a show Joey. 
the, the thing was like, what if the fourth episode of Joey was just an episode of Friends? Mm. You know, what I mean? that was the comparison. That Does that make comparison? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I get that. So, and I though think that this is the stuff that, like, I'm not even saying that we have to deal with it because I love this episode, but this is the stuff you have to somewhat sacrifice for individual characters to build a greater universe. Which is what it seems looking more and more like this show is doing in a sense. It's it's less of a because again, what why do we need the story of Boba Fett? And in, in the it doesn't it wasn't really like there wasn't like he's gonna go reclaim taking control of you know be in charge. But why? But what is that gonna serve the large universe? But now it is starting to be melded in a way that works. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was just jotting down on my um, notes right here. We already have basically, I think what they're building towards in this universe building, Peter, is like this Avengers level, like Thanos thing. And the Thanos for this Filoni universe is going to be Thrawn um, from Star Wars Rebels. And I'm, I jotted down the characters who could theoretically be there in the portals type scene in Endgame. I'm not saying they're going to get portaled there, but they'll be there for the big final battle or, you know, you know what I mean? So already we have, and this is forgetting some people, we have Boba, we have Mando, we have Grogu, we have Fennec Shan, we have Cara Dune, we have ah Ahsoka, and I'm probably missing some other people. Like, and theoretically we could write down Luke. Like, they are built, they have this squad, like, for lack of a better word. Like, they're Avengers. Like, they've, they're slowly putting it all out there. And I think we're going to see this group come together much quicker than we think. So, to that point, I, it's just a slight wrench or toss another character into this that I feel like has to be addressed if we are building up the universe. And we are going to touch upon Han and Luke. We need, we can't, you can't just ignore Leia, who was a Kupe oh, yeah. general. So it's like, do they how but how do they go around this situation? Because obviously sadly she's no longer with us. So do they get her daughter, who does look pretty much like her mom, to play her, to play the character of Leia? Or do you present it in a way where it's like we don't see Leia because Leia and Han aren't talking already? Like Which yes, but also it's like it's, I, I, I it's it's, it's it, she should be there. That, I just don't know how they're going to do it. It's like it's like when we have those battles in New York in event in Marvel. It's like why isn't so and so helping out? Like mm -hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Why aren't we getting or Hawkeye? Why didn't anybody come help him? So it's that kind of elephant in the room type of situation, which is fine. You don't need it to be addressed, but it's still when you're nerd yeah. level a thousand, it's like you notice these little details of like why isn't this yeah. being? And we also got to mention. A part of this would be theoretically Black Chrysanthemum or Christanston, the, oh, yeah. that Wookiee. And then if we're getting Han, we're getting Chewie. That's how it goes. So I would love, I love Chewie. I love Chewie so goddamn much. Do you think there's a chance? Oh, we'll obviously see R2 if we see Luke. Mm -hmm. There's no way Han's traveling with C3PO. C3PO annoys Han too much. He left him with Leia. Or do yeah. we get a little C-3PO? That, that would be sweet. I think the more and more you say these things, the more hype it feels. But at the same time, the more 
it feels like we're getting we're, the morph is getting further and further and further away from the star of the show, Boba yeah. Fett. And I've completely already ditched him. He's old news to me. Uh, next question. Mando mentions how Moff Gideon is kind of like on trial at the Repub- the Galactic Republic Senate or whatever. So what we think Leia is in, char- in charge of. How electric would be to get to see that trial? And you maybe fill the jury. I saw this. I'm stealing this from someone. I saw this online. But it's like basically you get to see the Moff Gideon trial. And in the jury, you maybe see characters that like. The joke was Sen- former Senator Jar Jar Binks is a, like a juror and stuff. And it's like <laughs> you, you build to the universe and we get to see the trial of Moff Gideon because I think we all think he's going to escape somehow because there seems to be a vibe, which we see play out in uh, 789, of the kind of incompetence of the new Galactic Republic or whatever. That's a, I mean, that's a very solid solution. I mean, yeah, if we are world building and I don't. I don't doubt it. And it's like, and it's in, the only part that bothers me in the world building, and not bothers you, but it's just like a small irritation of it. I, or maybe it does bother me, is that I, I double checked. So John Favreau, who, you know, all props and respect to. My fucking he, guy. He Remember when you wanted him episodes. to die in Spider-Man? And I was I like, no. I didn't want him to die. He's not going to die, Peter. Help the character motivation. But of course, you have to bring up Spider-Man. Like, how can we not bring up Spider-Man in an episode, you know? Oh, that, did you see the interview? Did I watch the interview? Of course I watched the interview. I sent you the interview. Oh, yeah, you did. Of course I did. That question. That, that interview, <laughs> I, a yeah, quick I tangent here to Spider-Man. Um, the the trio, Tom Hall and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, finally talking about it. Just the sense of, for lack of a better word, brotherhood between the three of them and the fun. Holy shit. And we're shit. getting them again. We have we're getting them again. again. We need and to see. I, I, I just give them. Andrew's the best actor. Um, I love Tom because he's probably been given the best story of any Spider-Man and he's done a great job. But damn, there's just something about Toby when he's sitting there in those interviews or whenever Toby says anything, smiles, it's just like. That's my fucking guy. That's Spider-Man. They all just have such a different vibe that feeds off of each other so well. And I want to enjoy this as long as possible before we bring in, like, Miles Morales or somebody who doesn't... Who's not part of this brotherhood. I'm sorry. Like, Yeah, they just can't wait to recast. Uh, fucking bullshit. But I'm so upset. About to say, go, pivoting back to um, John Favreau. He wrote all these episodes of Boba thus far. So I'm just a little... I'm a little... I'm kind of disappointed. Like, what's what were these episodes like up to now? Yeah, I think maybe maybe they just weren't ready to do a full Mando season three. So they're like, let's just put. I don't know. I don't know. I, I will though say, if they figure this out and they end it well, I, I I think we'll look back on Boba as very good, but just a weird start. Unless they tie it all together in some crazy way that we're not. That's like way over our heads, but. Uh, I don't really see that happening. Um, okay. Peter, what would you rank this out of uh, 10? 10. Oh, 10? It's the Wi-Fi is being a little yes. shaky right now. Yeah. My bad. I can hear you. We got it all under control, folks. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I would say nine and a half, ten. 10. I think that this, what's crazy about this episode... It kind of stands with any 
like it might be the best episode of a show put out on Disney Plus. You can put it up there with the highs of WandaVision, Loki, and yeah. highs of Mando. Like that, yeah. we got a dark saber fight. We're getting maybe if we get Grogu, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo in an episode in this, as well as Mando, Boba. I mean, that'll be the best thing Disney Plus ever put out. Because Star Wars puts its big guns in its shows, unlike Marvel in a way, which isn't a hit on Marvel. Like, you know what would have been the best? If Dr. fucking Strange showed I up in WandaVision. I knew it was coming. I knew it and was coming. And fuck Ralph Boner. I am so pissed about that I still. I knew it was coming. I want to readjust my rating to a 10 for this episode. Because it is, it's probably the best episode of The Mandalorian. Minus the fact that it doesn't have Grogu. I think that's what discredits it from. But I think that's the way... I think... What that might have proven to us and what they wanted to do, and this is um, kind of a wild theory, they wanted to show us that Mando on his own is still so fucking great. And like, yes, we will include Grogu, but guys, even if Grogu's gone for a few episodes, don't worry. Din Djarin, Mando, you love him, and we're going to remind you that. So I thought that was masterful. And I think just, and I think how they doubled down that idea is by having. Bryce Dallas Howard direct this episode which showed the balance of the humanity of the lighter stuff but at the same time we got the best action we've gotten since Mando yeah it's it's great uh, it's great so now let's go into some random topics I have thought of um how is how I met your father I've seen you gush about it online and I'm a giant fan of how I met your mother but I'm also a skeptic, so give it to me. What do I... My head has got, like, whiplash from... That's like a hyperdrive stump. Um, you can't... It can't be compared directly to the original. And I saw it... I'm stealing this from someone. Basically, there's three episodes. You can't mm-hmm. compare three episodes to Infinity's Worth yeah. of How I Met Your Mother, first of all. So this but, like, was... How is it? Is it good? I, I think it? it's really good because it's like a little bit old. They're older than, they, than the characters were in Friends at the beginning, but they're still 30-somethings. So, and it feels very like they're our age. And mm. so it's... I had some actual laugh-out-loud moments. Is Hilary Duff good? Hilary Duff's good in anything. I, I'll be a stand till the end. So, but she's... What's interesting is when I look back on How I Met Your Mother, I love it so much, but... The two people carry that show, and it's not even Ted. It's Barney and Marshall. I mean, I like all. I hate Robin. That's one thing I will like. I so will you didn't on. like the ending? Oh my god, the ending made me want to fucking jump off a cliff. That ending of How I Met Your Mother sucked. Sucked. It's it's sucked. one of those. It's like it's as if it's only been worth if Carly Morgenthau showed up in the Flag Smashers. It's like the worst example of fan service. I feel like. It's the worst thing ever. I hate Robin. She fucked with him for ten years. She's like fuck it, fuck her. And it's like, I don't know. That was that was tough. That was that that was a tough ending. So I'll give uh, I'll give uh, How I Met Your Father a chance. I started the show The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. Fucking crazy. In a good uh, way or an insane way? In a good way. I think it's really funny. It's got like Danny McBride, uh, dude from Workaholics, but it's all it's just like basically about like. I'm three episodes in. It's about this like church somewhere in the south, but this like mega church 
where they like sell out Super Bowl stadiums and stuff, but it's all like a money laundering thing, I think. I don't know. I love I'll a rep- good corrupt church. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll report back when I learn more about that. Um next topic, Peter. Um you say so you're a fan of ELO. Electric Light Orchestra. Well, a Jeff Lynn in your life. Yes. You, yes, I'm, I'm I'm dabbling into it. Yes. I'm, I'm appreciating the vibes. The vibes are good. Telephone line, maybe the most beautiful song of all time, I will say. Um other things that I need to mention and bring up. Uh, we were talking before the show about doing a like full Doctor Strange 2 leak podcast slash video. Because the plot leak, it's out there, folks. And multiple. I, multiple. And I think it's, I mean, this is just me, I think it's super fun, and I know Peter agrees, to talk about these plot leaks and speculate and try to fit things together and, you know, what we think could happen. But I also know that if they're right and there's elements of, I think, in each of them that are probably right, um, I don't want to spoil a movie for someone that doesn't want to, like, get spoiled. So we're not going to do a full, like, leak talk on the pod because I don't want Joe Schmo or some random person who's listening to this who just unexpectedly gets Doctor Strange to the plot, like, spoil. I don't want that. So we're going to do it on YouTube, and um, I encourage you all to check out the Pineapple Couch on YouTube. We haven't done some stuff in there in a while, but I think that that could be a good avenue for us to go really, really deep in on these leaks and theories and rumors instead of kind of beating around the bush here or going fully into it and spoiling it. What do you think, Peter? I think that's a great idea because, like you said, the casual listener— as much it's like it's like with the whole Spider-Man thing. We knew Andrew and Toby were going to be in it, but there was still that doubt. I knew Ant-Man was going to die too. And when we did our prediction episode, I purposefully didn't say it because I knew she was going to die. So well, yes, yes. But the, the point is, yes, we we want to be able to talk about. We want to let the world listen to what you and I already do. Yeah, the, our text threads are electric, electric text threads. Um, another thing, so. Look out for that next week. Uh, I think we're going to do that. And hell, I don't know. Maybe do it tomorrow. Probably not, but next week. Um, Other thing I saw in that Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland interview was Andrew talking about how the – why it worked – Andrew and Tobey both were saying this. Why it worked out so well is because it was a story worth telling, and it was a good group to do it with, right? Yes. And – If you are Sony, you are Marvel, and you're looking to cash in on even more on Andrew and Tony and Tom, this dynamic, you need to keep that in mind when you're thinking about putting Andrew in Venom 3 or doing an Amazing Spider-Man 3. You need to put them in the right positions because we all can agree and we know Andrew Garfield is the best actor of all the Spider-Man by far he's unbelievable his movies the second movie of his it's not his fault but it sucks and so you can't put him in the situation i know everyone's like we're all gung-ho and hyped of like holy shit sony wants to do more movies with them and i'm like fuck yeah let's do it but remember the mistakes of the past remember spider-man 3 remember the amazing spider-man just you gotta keep it to not just fan service, there has to be a purpose for the story. Because the purpose 
of Tom or of Andrew and Toby in No Way Home is not just to, oh my God, look, Spider-Man fan service. So it's to help Tom through this incredibly difficult timing where, and if they weren't there for him, maybe MJ dies. Maybe he goes down a darker path. So there's got to be a reason. Does that, am I just rambling? Like, what do you think about all this? I 100% agree with you. And I think, I think to that to that note about Andrew being the best acting one, Andrew could act his Spider-Man costume on, and you still felt understood. You couldn't see his face, you but you know. could understand every the physicalities of it, and that's what he brings. And like you said, they were there in service to help the story move in a way that needed to work. They weren't there like the way Evan Peters showed up in WandaVision, just like. Here's the character. Which you just is, had to you bring know, it up. You just sitcom, had to bring it up. You know, typical sitcom type vibes. It wasn't just Ralph like, here's Bowden. a special guest star and they're out. It was like, he served a, they served a purpose of the greater plot. So if you are going to put Andrew. What the fuck was Ralph Boner about? That was so messed up that they did that to us. That was so messed up, Peter. Sorry. I, I'm just, that was so <laughs> fucked up. Not only was he a random dude, they gave him the name Ralph Boner. What the hell? I'm sorry. As I was saying. <laughs> so if you are going to put, like you said, if you're going to put Andrew into Venom or, you know, Morbius, that universe, it just, it, it feels weird to have those words leave my mouth. It's do right by him. I mean, come on, people. Yeah. Come on. You're, and it, here's the moment that I need to happen in the, in the coming months. I need, if it works out, that Tom and Zendaya or part of the Oscar host situation. I need to have a moment, not only where Andrew wins best Oscar for Tick, Tick, Boom, even though you haven't seen it yet, have you? No, but is he going to win? So he's he's a front runner. He's already won Golden Globe, and so he's a front runner. And he win the Golden Globe, do you usually win the Oscar? Not necessarily, because Golden Globes are drama and musical comedy are separated into two categories. But he's a front runner to be nominated, and on and interestingly, Benedict Cumberbatch is also in the mix for his movie that he did. So you technically would have a Spider-Man, Doctor Strange in the mix for Best Oscar. But basically, if you see him at the Oscars, I would love to see him, Tom, and Toby on stage together. Since we haven't gotten them physically in person together, give us oh that my moment at the Oscars and watch all the film losers that give like us they would they would lose Best the picture. The stupid film people who think they're holier than hell and like have all these great takes. You know how mad they'd be with the stick up their ass seeing three Spider-Man on stage? Oh my god, that would be great. Such a middle it's, finger to those fucking artsy You can't deny bags. it. And the Oscar campaign for Spider-Man is, is going along really well. They're doing the right things to get this happen. Spider-Man. I mean, and that screenplay is just oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I I am all here for the complete teardown of Hollywood. Like, of the Oscar elites, like, for the most part, if you took place in the Imagine video, where they, <laughs> remember that? I, I'm out. I'm out. I, I just, I'm I done. love when you make these, these references to pop cultural moments, because you're such not, it's not necessarily an on-brand thing for you to be aware of, or like, you know, it's just not. I, it's I as if I were to make something. a statement about some sports, sports specific thing, baseball or something that I don't yeah. watch, like something. But yeah, it's it's not gonna. It yeah, it's just I don't know. We, we live in such a weird world. Recognized. 
Like, honestly, I look at the movies that film people like because I follow they some suck. online. And it's just like... Boring. Why are you watching a movie about this? Yeah. Like, why are you devoting two, two and a half hours to this situation? Dude, like, and they'll take the time to, like, lecture you on how some three-hour indie French movie is better than fucking three Spider-Men on the screen. Like, come on. Come on. Just soft. Um, I also think it's like the people who like to listen to shitty music um, just to be solely different. Like about 70 to 90% of the people that were in the radio station KCPR. Man, they had terrible music tastes. Terrible. I, mean, I was there for news and talk because, you know, I only I only knew certain things. And I've continually... Like 85% of that station couldn't name all four Beatles. Could do that when I was four. God, Have you watched the, the Beatles movie? Yeah, it was good. It's really cool. Um, Paul McCartney, he's such a loser. <laughs> he's such a loser. John Lennon is so much cooler. And uh, Ringo's the man. Ringo's fucking all time. I'm a big, I'm a big John George Ringo guy. I like to, I like to pay, take like shots at the Beatles because everyone like likes them too much and kind of like worships them a little too much. They're a little overrated. But I love John Lennon and George Harrison and Ringo. But this all comes back to Peter. The Rolling Stones, so much better than the Beatles, Peter. It's not even close. If they were, they need to release, you need to watch Crossfire Hurricane, directed by Martin Scorsese. It's a, it's a film about the Rolling Stones, and it is actually incredible. Mick Jagger awesome. is a god. Fire. He is a god. Um, anything else we want to go over here, Peter? Oh, what? so the dude from Gorillaz called out Taylor Swift. Did that upset you? I thought it was fascinating. And it's interesting to see as everyone on the internet had perspective and see the actual like people with backgrounds and opinions. So, like mm-hmm. they it's it's interesting to see him be like, Oh, Billie Eilish and her brother Innovator, so rad, so cool. Taylor Swift doesn't write her own music and then Billboard's already like, here's like fifty plus songs that are only written by her and those are the ones that are co written and it's like it's like he obviously it's obviously like a good way to put yourself into the mix of the public eye to be like, oh, look at me now. But then it's also a way it gets backlash on you, too, because if you say something positive, yeah, you'll get into the public eye because you're talking about someone. But when you attack someone's like craft and you're like, they're not they're not authentic. It's like I feel like also the Taylor Swift fan base is a fan base I would not want to fuck with. Because I feel like they're crazy. I think it's like them, like BTS. um, Beyonce. Beyonce. Certain sports teams also. None of mine, because I just am a loser. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is going to go to the fucking Broncos. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Broncos, and I am going to die. Why why does he have to come to the AFC West? Why does he have to come to the AFC West? I just want to win. I already have to deal with Patrick Mahomes twice a week. Now I have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. So four games a year are against Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. God damn. Why do you do this to me? Chargers. He just seems like a tool. Like, like, and this whole thing, like, people don't want me to win because I'm not vaccinated. I was like. I thought an element of that was true. But I also thought he kind of just. In sports, though? Well, I think that there was a lot of people who don't really watch football that love to watch 
Aaron Rodgers lose because he was talking about it so much. And to me, it was like, I thought it was funny when he was pissing. I like it when people piss off people who I think are annoying. So I was kind of like, oh, this is funny. Aaron Rodgers is like, like doing that. But then it got to a point where he just kept, kept fucking talking about it. Kept fucking talking, kept fucking talking about it. It's like, all right, win the Super Bowl. And then you can keep talking about it. And now that motherfucker's trying to come to the AFC West. See, all these people with their hatred of Aaron Rodgers this year, they think it's extreme. If he's in my division, that's a lot. That's too far. You can spread information, misinformation about whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. But if you come at the Chargers, I'm coming for your throat. Not really. But Aaron Rodgers, please don't go to the Broncos. Go somewhere else. Go to the NFC somewhere. Stay in the NFC. Stay in Green Bay. Honestly, it's cold. Just stay there. Um, Adding to the unhingedness of this current conversation, what came back to me was your three-hour French note that's visionary films that people love. Batman's rumored to be three hours. Potentially even there's a four-hour cut out there. It's too long. But I'm really, ex- I'm really excited for the Batman. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be gritty, getting Zodiac vibes from it. Um, I do think it is going to be a little too long. And to me, this movie, it's I'm excited for it, but it does feel like... I, 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 Josh from the Den of Nerds made this point. He's like... This is basically like a love letter to the Christopher Nolan movies this is like them trying to do that again theoretically and so we're gonna get the the origin which is again the christopher nolan movies are amazing i love them but and this is the point josh made imagine if every four years we saw iron man get out of the desert and we and so when you when you do this over and over again you never can build to the point where you get iron man saying i am iron man and snapping against thanos and fighting in space because if you keep you got to build it to get to different stories of Batman. Like I love the Batman origin story. Yes, I think gritty Bruce Wayne's cool. But give me like alpha Batman who has like crazy technologies, like you know what I mean, like who's had experiences. Just give us something different. And I mean the Batflick ones were just terrible. I just don't even count them. So does that make sense? It makes sense. And again, this is like the third moment in the podcast where you're I'm literally about to say the thing about Iron Man or something and you say it what before up? I do. So mm-hmm. you know. But that's a good I think interestingly enough that yes, this is that's a great way to put it. I hadn't heard that, but I think that's a spot on way to say this is basically reinventing the wheel yet again. What I'm excited more I think I'm more excited about seeing what they're gonna do differently is you have Batgirl with Michael Keaton's Batman and potentially Dylan O'Brien as Robin, I think that movie has potential to kind of do something different than eh. what we have right now. I I don't know. I just think it's such a clusterfuck. Well, we're about to lose all of them, except for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman and Aquaman will survive the Flash, but nobody else will, because that makes sense. I didn't like the second Wonder Woman movie. Apparently, it's being erased as well. that movie is being the plot of that movie is erased. Can we erase the flag smashers and Ralph Boner? They will never erase the flag smashers, and I'm sure we're going to get the flag smashers again. Remnants of them will be picked up by somebody and Aren't they all killed. Didn't Zemo kill them all? So good. They're probably they're probably sex sex s e c t. I can't speak today. Sections. Underground. Yeah. Um. What? 
Oh shit! I had another thing to say. Um. Well, maybe that'll just be a teaser. Speaking because... of, you talked about righteous. What you started watching? Righteous I started watching Yellowstone. I need Yellowstone. to watch that. It's very much. I think I'd love it. Joe Smith type of show. Like, it's... what's Joe Smith mean? I mean, it's when you watch it, it will make sense what I just said because it just feels very rugged. Very white man, white older man type Kick, show. Kicking some fucking ass in the name of America. Let's go. <laughs> Give yes. me hype. Perfect right. way, you know, dead you sold, horses, dead you, people. You sold me. I'm in. That's I mean, all I, I don't needed. know. I think it's a little. When are you going to watch Game of Thrones? This is just getting ridiculous. When are you going to watch Game of Thrones all the way through? When's that going to happen? When, okay, so when there's a lull, okay, it needs to be homework. It needs to be. So I need there's to a lull. Watch season one, and we'll talk about it next week. We got a lot of time till Doctor Strange and Moon Knight. Uh, till Doctor Strange. Okay, Peter has to watch. Okay, that's fine. I get what because the new Harry one comes this summer. Media Clark, Richard Madden. I get those three in it. Okay, fine. Yeah, you get Sean Bean. You get uh, fucking Peter Dinklage. The girl from Ted Lasso's in it, right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You've never watched Ted Lasso. I have. I have. I have. And you're not a fan. No, I like it. I just think soccer is stupid. Oh, but it's soccer. We had this discussion. You hate you hate soccer. Yeah, it's just not a just not a man's game. Oh, I love pissing off people and saying that. My one of my best. All my friends love soccer for some reason. Except like Big Dog doesn't, but like because he's you know he's a good guy. But all I my mean, friends like I soccer. I played like, soccer. I hated it. I do. I think women's professional soccer is better than men's soccer because it's there's more insanity, whereas the men's is like straightforward. Why isn't there? Why does the clock? Why do I? Why isn't there just like a clock that like is normal? Why is there like extra time? So dumb. Because like, there has to be extra time. How, you know what's good? There has to be tennis. extra time. Just set it up for sixty minutes. And tennis doesn't whoever have has more time. Tennis is cool. Tennis is badass. You uh, and what's that? You're in the dog guy. You're in the, you're in the dog guy, right? Yes, yes, and I was on the edge of my seat two nights ago. What do you think of Djokovic? I hate Djokovic. I think he's he's he's. It's like you. I think in, a, in an interview, Nadal said it best. Like you made the, he made this problem for himself. He knew what he had to do to come. He knew what to do, and it was just like I'm above it all. Mm. What yeah. do you think of Federer? I like Federer. Federer is a class, is a goat. It's, I mean, is he the greatest of all time in tennis? In it, men's it's tennis, it's between the three of them. It's honestly between the three really? of them. They're all tied for twenty grand slams apiece. So, but yeah, Federer is just in the league. Djokovic is a little younger, right, than the other two? Yes, it's like yeah. Djokovic, Nadal, and then Federer. But they're the big three, and no other man can break through because they're just Those not. Three. The, even though they're older, they're still. What's up with the uh, um, the Osaka person? Why are we glorifying like second place and stuff like that? Skill of competitive. That's my take on what I saw. You know, it's it's mental health. We are in a mental world that yeah, is so, and mental health is important, kind of, but also it is important, life. but it's also being soft. Just play, win. God damn. Tennis is a very mental game. It really I know, is. and it's like be a kill. Like if you lose, that's fine, but don't like didn't she lose and say I think it's good for the person who beat me? Like what? That, that I didn't like. I don't like that. It's like, I'm sorry. No, it's like, I am so pissed when I lose. I am like, I'm so competitive. Fucking it's, it's not fun. I, I don't understand that. I just don't understand that at all. Um, 
Wow, what a what a ride this conversation has turned into. Um, I'm looking at this is just a it's a look at our this is a look at what we do on a day on a daily basis. Or listen to everyone's freaking out right now on Twitter because uh, Minnie Mouse has a pantsuit. That's something that I should. Wait, I'm dead. You you just I never thought I would hear that statement come out of you. What the fuck? We're getting this new Supreme Court justice, which basically means nothing. Yeah. Spotify is being boycotted. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Let me talk about that. I actually have a lot of thoughts on that, actually. Um, Tell me your thoughts. uh, So what Neil Young, right? He is like me or Joe Rogan. First of all, easy choice. I don't even listen to Joe Rogan podcast that much. Joe Rogan, Neil Young, you're stupid Canadian. No one likes Canadians. Let's establish that, first of all. And Neil Young, you're the most overrated like artist ever. Ever. People talk about him like he's one what of the goats. Song? Old man, heart of gold. Like, yes, he's good. But, like, dude, you can't hold a fucking candle to Tom Petty or Bob Seger. Like, he's, I don't know, him... I'm boycotting um, Spotify because of Joe Rogan. Do you think he's ever actually listened to an episode of Joe Rogan? No, he hasn't. He's just an but old it's hippie. A popular fuck. thing to do. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, Neil Young. No one cares. Goodbye. Goodbye. You you're overrated. And what is great about this opportunity is that we can finally just say what we all need to say: that Neil Young, massively overrated. Canada, terrible. We have, what if we have listeners in Canada? Get out. Canada gave us Ryan Reynolds. Canada gave us... Which I, you know, Ryan Reynolds probably doesn't live in Canada anymore. Gave us... Uh, Syrup. Thanks. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Who cares? Uh, Ryan good. Reynolds. That's all we got. I guess. And like... Uh... Justin Bieber. Oh, thank God. That's sweet. Oh, Drake. Great. Uh, Drake, actually, that's kind of, that's good. I like Drake, you know, sometimes. Um, yeah, Neil Young. I mean, what's the, the Leonard Skinner song is, and I hope Neil Young will remember, a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Like, shut up, Neil Young. No one gives a fuck about you. Old, crusty little fuck. God, that pissed me off. That's the, the thing that pisses me off is that all these, like, actresses, actors and actresses and songwriters artists whatever they think because we like their music or their talent that we give a fuck what they their opinions are on shit it's like dude i I, did i could care less you play you're very good at guitar like that there you go i don't care what you think about it's like i'm not taking cooking advice from neil young why should i take fucking political advice yeah, this is going off the I rails, think, folks. No, but I feel like that's, that speaks to... This is how my brain works. You said something in that sentence that reminded me that there's this trend online that where it's, you, there, people are making videos using the Ting Tings, That's Not My Name. And the person that I stand, I think you saw it on my Instagram, Gwyneth Paltrow, she did one, and it includes all her roles that she's been in, and she included Pepper Potts. And that was just like... She remembered that she was in the MCU. That was all I needed. Yeah, she's like on a, di- a different planet sometimes, it seems. Right? You know, I think when you're that wealthy, you can be on a different planet and just... She's not with the Coldplay dude anymore, is she? No, she's with uh, with Brad, Fal- Brad Falchuk, who's one of like the mega producers of things. Some of the aspirational people. 
Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, uh, We've established a lot here on today's episode of the Pineapple Couch. We enjoyed uh, Mando season three, episode one. Um, we destroyed Neil Young. We got into the uh, Taylor Swift drama. Talked a little How I Met Your Father. Um, Minnie Mouse is wearing a pantsuit. <laughs> That's the most Never important thing. Never did I thing. think we would have an episode of the Pineapple Couch where we talked, where Hillary Duff came up, Minnie Mouse, Aaron Rodgers. In the sports, in this section of the pineapple couch, that just that doesn't. Oh, Aaron Rodgers! Today it did. It's unbelievable. I, I, I was. It was so funny how he was pissing all these people off, and now it's just gonna come bite me back in the ass because he's gonna fucking not let the Chargers make the playoffs. Of course. Positive Bye. thoughts. Positive thoughts. There's no positivity when you're a Chargers fan. We have nothing, and we'll never have anything. Uh, all right. Um. I like how this was going to be a short episode. Yeah, this was supposed to be short. But then I found out about that damn Mickey, Minnie Mouse pantsuit. And I just had to keep going. Don't forget about the M&M's. Don't forget about the M&M's. Yeah, didn't they like just change the... Uh, like where The, the green M&M was? cannot have high heels anymore. She had to have sneakers. I, I didn't... I like almost tweeted something. And then I didn't because it was... I don't think I should have tweeted it. But it was like when that article came out, I wanted to tweet, Finally! We're getting a white M&M. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. There was yeah. a there was a there was a uh, skit on SNL and they where they were mock they were doing Fox News talking about mm-hmm. the M&Ms and Kate McKinnon as Laura Ingram said the green M&M was canceled for being a whore and it was like <laughs> that's America. There there we are. Uh, Minnie Mouse M&Ms, all that good stuff. All right, uh, Peter, a pleasure as always. This has been episode 143 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless. And I guess uh, beware of the pantsuit. I'll end it with that. See you guys.